AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Ooh, 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 ooh. Football season's here, bitches. Oh, na na Hey, it's the Bootleg Camp Podcast, episode number 99, number 99, number 99. We got a big episode for 100 with WAC 100. Hello. That's coming up on Monday. But first things first, man, we're talking to the homie Demrick. Demrick's dropping a new album with a producer I manage named Tony Chalk. Comes out on the 15th called Blessings on the Way. And uh, Fire Project, dope bars, dope beats, all of that. So we get to chop it up with the homie Demer because we're doing this thing on the independent scene for a very long time, man. In a group with Exhibit and Be Real called Serial Killers. It's been, you know, him and Dizzy Wright put out an album together early uh, last year. And second time Demer's been on the podcast. First time he came on with Dizzy. This is the the first time he's coming on kind of solo because Tony Chalk doesn't talk much. So there's that. Let's get into it. Uh, shout out to our sponsors at Odd Socks. OddSocksOfficial.com. Keyword bootleg cap. Save 20% off the most comfortable socks in the world. God damn it. Let's get into the interview. Bootleg Kev Podcast. Episode number 99. Oh, 100 is with WAC 100, which will be coming out Monday, Friday. I don't know. When is it, when is it coming out, Cook? Monday. But 99 is here with Demrick. Let's go. And Tony Chalk. Yes, sir. Beat by Chalk. For people who don't know who Demrick is, Demrick is an incredible MC. And for people who don't know who Tony Chalk is, Tony Chalk is just an all right beat maker. Damn. And you signed him. You're going to put that out there about your boy, man. This is you. You know what I mean? This you're his manager. This is horrible management. It's horrible management. It's horrible management. Nah, Tony, Tony Chalk is an alien. He's an incredible producer. And, uh, my favorite Vietnamese person in the world. 
God bless you, Tony. This guy put me onto the best food I've ever had. Like I've never, I never even fucked with pho before. This guy, and he put me on, man. Oh yeah, yeah. He invited me over to a, for a Korean barbecue at his house. Mm. We did get fucked up, man. Yeah. But uh, listen, so Demrick, you're here. You guys are putting an album out next week, September fifteenth. Blessings on the way. Yeah. Um, how was it working? Like, uh, obviously, you've done this before with Hoppa a few times, right? So, what what was it like doing a whole project with a producer that wasn't DJ Hoppa? I thought it was dope. You know, Tony Chuck has a bunch of different like styles of making beats, you right. know, but he has like a signature sound that kind of like flows through all that production. So the whole thing was like, yo, kind of flipping on my style. You know, how I want to go shit. I could really spit on and just kind of like, you know, I like to get melodic on some choruses, but really I like to go heavy with the bar work. Right. And so he was like, okay, we're going to do it. And then, you know, he put his twist. So some of it's like, trap but like with hip-hop drum right, right. like you know he kind of like would just come to the table with with song samples that i never heard before and uh tempos that were always he likes a lot of up-tempo type shit in my opinion and that was kind of different f for me because i do you know smoke and chill music sometimes and right, get right. introspective and so the fact that he was keeping the tempos up and shit like that i uh i just took it as a challenge to do something different because I'm gonna tell you this, bro. It wasn't. It's not just with DJ Hopper. Along, along the way, like you know, I was dropping full projects with Scoopdeville. Mm -hmm. I was dropping full projects even this year alone. Were I, you a part of the Get Busy committee? I no, wasn't a weren't. part of the Get Busy committee, but I that did was, a lot of records. That was with Ryu, Scoop, yeah, and, and Apathy. I'm, yeah, and Apathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah nah, I think uh, you know it's a missing in hip hop today. The idea of a full collaborative project with a producer. Shout out B-Real. That's what he always told me about Cypress Hill. You know, he said that's what gave them the sound was working with DJ Muggs. And so they was always about like finding a producer who you could get in the in the trenches with. Mm -hmm. You know, even originally from my group, Tango Thoughts, I was rapping. Tech would do all the beats when I originally started uh, rapping. So the way I looked at it is locking in with somebody and actually having a meeting of the minds about the music is how you come up with the best shit instead of just and it's cohesive exactly instead of just pulling beats from different people uh this and that day and you know tony chalk might call me like oh shit we need this kind of song now mm -hmm. we need we need this or hey i was doing i flipped this beat this way hey take a listen to this now see what you think and you know actually being in the trenches making a piece of art you're gonna present for it it's like good to know that the people that's doing the music give a fuck just as much as, as you, you do, do about yeah. the, the content of the songs. How many songs did you guys cut all together? Because I know there was some, a bunch that didn't make it, right? Yeah, we probably cut. So there's there's 10 on the album. So I would say we cut maybe like 17, 18 records. You know, I'm to the point now with making music where like a lot of times I won't even finish a record if I don't feel, feel it. Like if that energy doesn't stick with me, you know, I'll start something, do a verse and a chorus and I might think about it the next day, bumping it, you know, some people that I fuck with, let them hear the music and just kind of sit with it for a second and say, ah, maybe that one's not the one, you know? What would be, because Denmark, you've done a great job of having a great, independent, successful career as a rapper, right? I think at the end of the day, most artists who are aspiring to do this shit, all they really want to do is be able to have a good living for themselves yeah. while, while doing what they love, right? So you've done a great job of always having music out, always, you know, being able to, you know, do your thing while just doing what you love. Right. So what, what would be some advice you would give some up and coming artists as far as like going the independent route and the things that you've kind of applied to your career that have made it sustainable for you to pay your bills off this rap shit? Yeah. Well, I would say first, first off, like, uh, 
just the typical way that you, you know, because I kind of got on through the, the hype man, then songwriting, mm-hmm. and then kind of doing that. And then just as soon as I was able to just start dropping music and seeing that I could build fans through releasing music, right. I was like, that's all I need to do because I'm not running out of ideas for verses, songs. I'm living every day. I'm gaining more perspective as I've right. grown. If you've seen anything, I'm... you. People who've been listening to me for a while might be like, damn, I kind of seen this nigga grow up through the music, right? Mm. Because I've been dropping music for so long. So getting consistent is a big part of it. And like, don't wait necessarily for the perfect time to release music or, you know, if you believe in a song, release it and don't get too caught up in the one record or the one thing, you know, this is it, you know, it's not necessarily that way for every artist. And along the way, one thing's for sure, as long as you are being solid and true within your music, people are going to gravitate to it. And as you build fan base, you know, and people that fuck with you, you know, you build power through that. And so I just think about focusing on your fans, staying consistent, don't really get caught up. And, you know, there's a lot of money goes into this game. So you want to have a big record or things like that, you know, that shit shit happens. Yeah, exactly. It can happen on some lottery shit, like, but you can win the lottery lottery too. Too. Yeah, you know that's what I'm one saying? way. Yeah, but if you want to just drop some some dope shit and build with people, you know, you gotta get in. You gotta get smart about how you gonna do your releases. Mm-hmm. Stay consistent and don't get you know block out the noise, man. Was that like the goal for you? Was just having a core fan base and then consistently dropping music to feed them and then watching it kind of just grow. I think initially I had, I was like, shit, I'm finna get a deal. You know, uh, when I moved out to LA, it's like, shit, I'm gonna get signed in six months. I'm finna pop off and blow up right, and right, everything, right. blah, blah, blah. You know, but as I started to get in the game further, I would actually see motherfuckers with one hit, one hit wonder from five years ago, or one hit wonder from X amount of years ago, not looking like they doing so good. And I started to see some actual shit that made me be like, you know, I really only thought about rapping and hustling as my job and what I was mm. going to do with my life. So once I started seeing people fall off that look so big to me, you know, they pulled the curtain back. And of I course. see the way it looked behind the curtain wasn't necessarily the way that I thought it, but thought it was going to be. But what I did see is real people who built real fan bases, didn't really get caught up in the industry, focused on releasing dope shit and then building long lasting careers off of their creativity. So I'd started to think like, yeah, I want the big hit. And the whole thing about the big hit is that shit could still happen out the fucking blue. Right. You know what I mean? There's still the chance. But if you spend all your time chasing that and you ain't building and yourself you ain't building a, foundation, a fan base or foundation yeah, to support you. You're going to be sad at the end because mm-hmm. life is hard. That's one thing I learned for sure. Life's hard the whole way through. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? If you want to stay on top of this shit, you got to find what works for you and go fucking hard for what you want. You have some big homies in the game. You mentioned Be Real, obviously exhibits uh, somebody. You know, obviously you guys, shout out to the Serial Killers projects that are yeah. crazy. Um, what was like something you took from each of them as far as helping them on stage? You know, because I think the first time I ever met you was in Idaho. You were, it was a busy bone Be Real tour. That was actually the very first tour that I ever went on with Be Real. Yeah. Uh, and B- Busy Bone didn't show up until like midnight and then didn't perform because busy bone i had to pick busy bone up that night in boise from the airport in my 92 honda accord and when i tell you that man was on another planet he was galactic he was a shout out busy bone he was i was i I couldn't even i didn't know what the fuck was going on yeah crazy i I thought thought the guy was 
possessed in, the, in my front seat. I'm like, this motherfucker gonna kill me? <laughs> um, but no, but like, what are the things you you learned from Be Real, from X, as far as like early on? Because, you know, obviously, Exhibit's done a great job of sustaining, you know, you know, for people who think that Exhibit fell off, like, Exhibit's a boss. He's a businessman. He's mm-hmm. fucking pivoted in so many different ways in this music industry. Same thing with Be Real. What are the things that you kind of learned from them? That right there, that for sure, the, the, abil- the ability to look at opportunities, look at the landscape and get involved in different things, you know, and uh, not be so one track minded. But they told me to don't chase sounds. Mm-hmm. Don't try to if you always trying to, they, you know, be real. It's like the shit coming full circle every time around. And why would I not believe him? He's been in the game since the beginning of right. what, you know, since early 89, 90, right. he came in the game and had a hit record. Right. So he's seen shit come around a couple times. So if he's telling me, you know, just stick to the script of what you fuck with, let the game come to you. That was one thing I picked up and obviously performing with them, uh, how to rock a crowd. I mean, this shit like these, these ain't club shows with 200 people. Right, you know? right, so right. I, I've been on stage with Cypress in front of 80,000. You know, I've been on stage with, with exhibit in front of 30, 40,000, mm. you know, big shows and, bunch of nights in a row too you know in two years and so that's kind of the way that i i seen was big shows big productions real performance being able to rap perform your lyrics control a crowd hold it the fuck down when you're on stage you are actually entertaining people you got one hour if you just fucking dancing to your own songs the whole fucking time you know that shit gonna get old quick right when i say when that when that hit started dying down and the show stopped, they stopped, the booking stopped coming because you didn't really pay attention to the performance aspect of the game and everything. So I learned so much shit from from them that it's, it's kind of hard. Uh, I was actually watching something and they were talking about mentors and I really am like, damn, you know, I really have some dope ass mentors in my life, you know, be real. And exhibit, and that I started out from wanting to rap for those dudes to hype man it for them to doing albums on songs with them. with them to doing albums with them, and a long standing relationship that still goes to this day. So that means what does that mean? It means you didn't fuck it up, you didn't drop the ball, you didn't get too big headed, mm-hmm. you stayed solid, and that's one of the things. It's hard to get. A, a big head when you see people that have done it so big for so long and see that they still grinding every day, they mm-hmm. still going for it every day. But I see what it means to the people and what it means to them and how they present it. So stay solid, man. And I'm, I'm lucky that I have mentors like that. Yeah. When you talk about the performance, I think that one of the things that kind of showed through was that versus battle with the locks and yeah. Dipset. It was like, them dudes was not rapping over their lyrics. They wasn't ready. They, was they didn't rocking, take it serious. They was rocking the crowd, and Dipset didn't take it serious. Yeah. And At it, least, and if they, I'm not saying they didn't take it all the way serious, but obviously, there's a difference between, you know, did, I feel like Dipset's peak happened after the locks really started to come into the game, even though Cam was around during the same time the locks came in. But, like, the Dipset wave really hit, like, I always think of, like, 2001 2002 and you yeah. think of the locks the locks was late 90s yeah. you know 97 98 and just kind of like the different eras of like performing like yeah not over your own lyrics like yeah exactly show tracks and and that's what i say when when i said they weren't prepared i wasn't saying it in the in the, in the scheme of the whole shit but as far as like rapping yeah like to be able to just throw on a beat like who shot you and then jada know his who shot you freestyle from and then just and rip it for two minutes straight. Yeah, exactly. And talk shit, be funny, be charismatic, right. uh, hold it down, and actually 
delivering full verses all the way through, you know, and that that shit is that it takes time. You got to hone your craft on that level to be able to do that. You know, it's you started however you started. I feel like nowadays motherfuckers don't even they just start like basically in their room with the homies, you know, just making songs on the computer. You know, I think when I started, it was more like, you know, you was rapping in a cypher or some shit right. like that, you know, but it's it remains the same. It starts from a very minimal place. And as it builds up, you got to look at all of what hip hop is about and everything and, and figure out what you want to participate in and what you want to focus in. But if you want to do the whole shit. Mm-hmm. Performing is a part of it, you know what uh-huh. I mean? And rapping. Exactly. Actually rapping. That's yeah. it, man. Hey, what up, man? We got to interrupt the interview real quick to tell you about our family at Odd Socks. Now, when I be riding for Odd Socks so hard, man, it's because I really love the product. They got the most comfortable socks in the fucking world. I got a pair of Odd Socks basics on right now. Go get those. They got the socks. WWE joints. You know what I'm saying? Shout to The Undertaker. Pepsi. Motherfucking, really, whatever you need. Some weed socks. Nickelodeon. But really... They got the draws now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm holding a, a pair of Tapatio underwear right now. You want some Pop-Tarts on your dick? Pop-Tart draws. And these motherfuckers are so comfortable. Like, man. So listen, you got to go to oddsocksofficial.com and use the uh, promo code, the discount code BOOTLEGKEV at oddsocksofficial.com. You'll save 20% off underwear, the most comfortable socks in the world. Crazy licenses. Not only they got the WWE, they got the Scarface, they got the Street Fighter, they got the Nickelodeon, they got it all. So make sure you hit that website, oddsocksofficial.com. Save 20% off with the promo code BOOTLEGKEV. All right? Go do that. Shout out to Odd Socks. Let's get back to the interview. Tony Chalk. What's up? So uh, you did a whole album with Caskey, right. Fine Art, right. which is fire. Thank you. Uh, what was the difference between working with Caskey and Demrick on a whole project together? Talking to the microphone, you fuck you. Um, the difference is, Caskey's work way too fast, and I, I try to keep up with him, but um, I don't know. It 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 it, it it's a whole different vibe, and like I've I've learned a lot from uh, working with Caskey and and and, and working with Demrick. Um, Demrick kind of slowed me down a little bit and make me think some more, and you know. Be creative, right? And, and, and with Kathy, he was like, "Yo, let's go, let's go, let's go, pum pum," and then then I go back and fix stuff. Right. So you, you so get what I'm saying? yeah. So with Demerick, it's like you take your time, do yeah. it right the first go round, and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, so I learned my pace for with certain artists. And, yeah. What, what was your guys is like? Uh, if you had to pick a record, one record off of Blessings on on on. By the way, the title track's my favorite. But uh, what's your guys' favorite record on the I, album? I like Still. Yeah, favorite. I like still. That's one of my favorite as well. Um, I would, but I like the intro. Re- I see that blessings on the way. I, what I feel like that record is like something that's connecting with a lot of people. A lot of people are feeling it right now with everything that's been going it's like on. An in anthem, the world. bro. Yeah, exactly. Blessings and it's like it's a song that speaks to a lot of people. You know, it it was written in a in a form that's kind of like for everybody you right. know what i mean blessings on the way who out here you know we're in Can't the time of that. everybody grinding getting to it right. everybody's ble- everybody's going hard for their shit everybody is seeing you know knocking shit off their list one step at a time so that's what it is blessings on the way embodies that so what do you um you know with the pandemic obviously i don't even know if we're on the other side of it yet but like for, i know you depend a lot on the live shows right like how did that kind of make you rethink things or maybe make you pivot differently in 2020 i think um 
It I'm assuming me, you were going to be on tour. I was going to be on tour. And, and what happened is like, because, uh, you know, shout out uh, Diz, because we did, we during the pandemic that, you know, when you it was really You guys just did crazy. a couple shows, right? You had to cancel one though, right? Yeah, we yeah. canceled one because that whole thing, they wanted us to make an announcement for people to get vaccinated or sh- or show up with the, with the um, Test negative results. tests. And now I feel like that's kind of the norm. But when they wanted us to to say it it was kind of like i don't know if we want to like you know really put that out there like that so yeah we canceled one show but the other show was good but what i'm saying is basically during when covid hit it gave me a chance to sit at home and say hey number one i'm gonna make more music Mm -hmm. i'm gonna drop more shit i'm gonna double down with putting things out online and things Mm -hmm. like that and really get projects like the one with tony chalk done like me and uh exhibiting b-real did another serial killers album me and dizzy did a blaze with us too during that yeah that's real me i dropped a lot of i dropped a lot of 1500 or nothing I dropped me and Mike and Keys. Mike and Keys, that's yeah, what me and Mike and Keys dropped championship rounds, and uh, so just a lot of music that I put out. And I got to shout out Reezy because we we dropped the album called Payday. So I dropped so much music Damn. in the last uh, couple years of this shit. Because now we're looking at the pandemic shit. Almost been around a year, a year and a half, It'll right? Be two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two year years of March, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two years of March, and it's crazy. Uh, I was, and how I know that is because I was on stage. Me and Burner and Larry June, we did four shows r- right before the COVID mm-hmm. hit. It was and, all, they were all in Cali, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and me and Burner, we was on stage, you know, because I go up on stage and do Xanax and Patrol with it. We was we was doing the fucking the, the shoulder elbow. shit, you know, instead of doing it, you know, because it was kind of like we didn't really know what was going to happen. So, uh, of course, everything locked down. And I said, shit, let me double down on on these businesses. You know, let me let me figure out, you know, Stony Point, the cannabis brand, you know, let me figure out uh, the Gasco Mac tonight. You know, let me figure out this merch situation. Let me figure out. uh, We just dropped a a beer, Stony Juice, that we dropped uh, me and Hoppa with a company called uh, 405 North Brewing. And, um, you know, it's all about beer kings, you know, on the side shit in the catalog. Yeah, exactly. And but it's it's about kind of like cultivating these other little business ideas and seeing where they could grow to. You know, Mm. obviously being in the cannabis market is something that I feel like a lot of people want to do. But right now, but a lot of people can't really get in on a real level. And so I had the opportunity to really be involved with it. So the thing is, it's like, how hard do I want to go for it? You know, how big do I want to push it to be? Yeah, I think that's the thing. A lot of rappers will get into the weed game and they think that like you just get a strain and that's where it stops. And like the weed's gonna sell itself. Nah. It's like, bro, you really gotta work as hard if you really wanna pop off in the weed game because it's so comp it's a competition's almost as crazy. I mean, it's not as crazy as the rap game, but it's up there. Yeah. I mean, there's so much weed, especially in Cali. It's like so much. How do you how are you gonna separate yourself from the pack not even just quality wise just branding wise just like you know so i think that's another thing like with the weed game it's like there's artists who might might not be as like i guarantee you there's bigger artists that have weed strains that aren't even touching how successful your weed strain is you know yeah and that's what they should they be giving weed strains and shit that some people don't even smoke weed you know what i'm saying and they doing it they do it for the for the name literally jay-z yeah shout out to hove hove is just historically not a pot guy yeah, I don't remember. Uh, you know, our, you know, you know. Shout out to my my guy G Easy. He just launched Flower Shop. Never was a big weed guy. I mean, he's been smoking more recently, but he was somebody who wasn't like a big weed guy. You yeah, know, exactly. But you look like someone like Dizzy, who's obviously, yo, Dizzy shit gotta go because people yeah. are gonna be like, if it's Dizzy right shit, I'm a smoker because I know he's a smoker. Exactly, and it's like understanding that we 
actually met with the breeders, built with them. Perfect example is Burner, right? Yeah, Bur- of course. Right, Burner's got the biggest weed shit, and like, if you think of Burner as like a rapper, like there might be bigger rappers in the space, but Burner's all in. Exactly. From the jump, you exactly. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and no, I think it's, uh, it's it's dope to see the Stony Point shit going crazy. So That's it. Besides uh, Blessings on the Way, we got a f- like four or five more months left in the year. Anything else you're going to be dropping? Um, right after this, right after Blessings on the Way, which drops September 15th. You got to check this album out. It's fire. That, what is, is that on um, uh, Thursday, what? Wednesday? Wednesday? That's a Wednesday. Yeah. I think it's a Wednesday. Wednesday, because Friday's the 17th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... Um, Stony Point 3 with me and Hoppa is about to drop. So we got that next. It's completely recorded and ready. And then me and Jaren Benton going in the year Ooh. with an EP together. So That'll be fire. That's it. Bars, man. Having fun with it. You know, just talking our shit. You know, I think at this point that I like what I see with a lot of rappers that are out there right now getting the love. I really love what Benny the Butcher and, and all the Griselda's doing. Yeah. I love what, uh, you know, I like to see Freddie Gibbs, you know, somebody that I consider to be around the whole time I've been around. Yeah. Grinding and see where he's sitting right now. And just seeing rappers really sticking to their guns and getting what they deserve out well, like of the game. Well, like you said, almost like uh, what Be Real told you, like, let the game come to you. Exactly, bro. So That's what those guys did. Yep. So as far as the lyrical shit and just talking our shit, like that shit ain't going away. As long as I keep experiencing it, I must keep on bringing it to the table. Mm. Hey, Tony, what advice would you give upcoming up and coming producers? Don't give up. Doesn't matter what type of beat you make. Just don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Why do you say that? Have you been Have you been around for a while? I mean, there's multiple time I want to give up, but how long have you been making beats, Tony? Since high school. And how old are you? Thirty six. Damn, you fucking old as fuck, bruh. Bro, you're I'm like, just fucking with you, Tony. Bro, you're like two years behind me. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> bro, y'all Asian motherfuckers age so well. How old, are you how, how old do I look? You look like you're about 27. Think so? Yeah. Hey, man, it, it, black don't crack and Asian people don't age. That's it, Facts. man. Facts. Shout out to all the age. So listen, so don't give up. What this is what I want to say about Tony Chaga and his production is I feel like he was the person that when I was going out to Arizona, uh, they would always say, hey, you got to get with this producer named Tony Chaga. Like he really right. got that shit. And you came to the studio a couple of times and I don't think you ever had an opportunity to really press play. No, no. I, yeah. It's, you it's, know, it's the weirdest. Yeah. It's weird. But the way that it actually worked out is you grinded, you ended up signing with with bootleg kid I convinced I, his ass to move out here yeah, to yeah. move to LA and it's like by the time I see you in the studio right here I realized that the hunger would it wouldn't be denied mm-hmm. you know it's just like you every day making beats I follow you on social media I see you consistently working I'm like right. shit when you that hungry and you got that much talent it's timing Right. And it's actually getting in the mix and putting the work in. And this one of Take the hardest risks. working producers yeah, that I for sure. that I met, you know, and uh he be running from one session to the to the I'm coming to da da da. And you know, I work hard. Yeah. So I'm like, this this dude going crazy. And the fact that because it, it was really you who who was like, yo, y'all gotta make this EP happen. Right. You know, so I have a feeling like for people out there that haven't heard of his production, like it's a lot of big records, a lot of music, a lot of foundation and groundwork being laid, and and it's only a matter of time before everybody gonna want a project with him. I'm, I'm stamping it right there. It's gonna be on everybody's shit. That's it. Period. There it is, man. Hopefully, hopefully it's, it's coming. Thanks to this guy though. He um he, he got me for everyone it. who doesn't know, I bust this guy's balls always. 
Not just when the cameras are rolling. You gotta, <laughs> gotta keep them humble, man. Gotta keep them humble. Hey, yo, what the fuck at, man? The fuck? Yeah. I didn't know how racist that would be, if I'm being honest. I was gonna try Dang. to have... I was gonna try... <laughs> I was gonna try to get fuck brought in for the interview, but I figured that might be a little... <laughs> Knocking on racism door. Yeah. I asked him yesterday. He no, was like, good. he's like, no, we're good. I love pho. But, you know, I just don't know, man. I don't, I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> Online Blue Light Camp brings pho to Vietnamese producers interview. That's showing love. And he's canceled. So well, listen, man, the album is out September 15th. That's next Wednesday. Uh, this will be out Friday. So f- five days away. Uh, and uh, there's a few, there's three or four songs out right now. Yeah. Four songs, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's four records out. Ritz record just dropped, which is doing really well, I saw. Yeah. Um, T- me, uh, Paul Wall. That record's out. Little Money. And uh, that's the Beans Dizzy record. Yeah. And then what was the, what was the, the, the one with Alexis and the, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. the Sexton kid, oh, right? Yeah. Ride for Mine. There it is. Go, go support Demrick, Tony Chuck. Shout out to, uh, don't we have an album release party coming up? Ooh, Arizona Monarch on the 29th of September. Let's go. Phoenix, get your tickets. They're only $10. It's easy. All right, pull up, man. If you're in Arizona, a lot of people in Arizona watch this. So come come to the fucking album release party. Tony will make a beat live on stage. He's going to bring his fucking Ableton push. Like, ah. Let's get it. All right, there it is. Boom. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.